I'm Jordan. And I'm Rosanna. And on this podcast, we explore how to take life off autopilot and relentlessly pursue a life worth living together. together. Hello, and welcome to season nine, episode four of the Relentless Pursuit podcast, Floors and Ceilings. Uh, If you're joining us for the first time, thank you so much for uh, pressing play, and we hope you enjoy today's conversation. Yeah. So those of you who are relatively new to the pursuit, uh, the way we say this from time to time, but really the objective here is that uh, we're going to share a conversation between ourselves, but we always call it half of a conversation because the real goal is to inspire you enough, uh, maybe stimulate your thinking enough that you want to go and continue your half of of the conversation with people who are significant in your life. So in this conversation, we're not going to be talking about literal floors and ceilings. Although if you want our opinions on tiling or woodwork, we'd be happy to provide that to you (laughs) elsewhere. (laughs) Um, But really what we're going to, this is kind of a follow-up from our first episode this season, which we called Here's to Falling on Our Face. And there's kind of some excitement and pizzazz as we get to 2023 about really like striving towards things that are big enough that are worth failing at, in a sense. So go listen to that episode. But now we're going to zoom in a little bit and talk about some of the mentalities that go into who we are and how we perceive ourselves and the either shortcomings or possibilities and successes that we're striving towards. All right. How, how does that sum it up so far? I think I think that's a great way to kind of, you know, preface what we're looking at today. Um, and if you've been listening us, li- ugh, tripping on my words today, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that one of my favorite places to start in an episode when we're talking about something is to define it. Yeah. So let's kind of kick off the episode in traditional form with defining what do we mean by floors and ceilings? We're not talking about carpeting and hardwood. We're not talking about cathedral ceilings or or, or any of that. So what are we talking about? All right. So ooh, I get to define. It's your turn. Okay. All right. So we kind of came up with this concept and I'm sure it's like, you've probably heard this phrased in different ways, um, but we haven't heard too many people use this exact rendering. Um, But as we were thinking through life, we realized that there's certain minimums and certain maximums that we kind of live in between. And we started calling these floors and ceilings. So the definition that I wrote down for what we mean when we're talking about the floors are are the lowest level to which we fall in various areas of our life due to our habits, beliefs, and backgrounds. And ceilings are the highest level to which we will ascend in various areas of our life due to our habits, beliefs, and backgrounds. Right. So when I think of floors, though, I, I you know, obviously you think of the foundation. So it's like, what are your feet kind of planted on? What do you fall back to? What have you been taught? Kind of what's your baseline? Yeah, like a, I think that's a, another good term for it. Um and so there's there's a lot that we'll get into about both of these, but you know there's I think that that we start with that understanding like there is a degree of baseline like there is like this this homeostasis that we get fixated on both for our floors and ceilings, and that becomes the the mode on which I would almost say like our autopilot like the the mode at which we just understand how life is meant to be lived for ourselves and just how we just operate in general without thinking about it kind of like that default right. Um, I heard someone uh, write it like this. They were talking about floors and ceilings in terms of like being consistent. And in the, 
really, in a lot of the last conversations that we've talked about, this word keeps coming up. So is, is that your word of the year? It might be. I, it's actually not because I think I'm, I live in a consistent space and I realize how important that is. But I think that this is the topic of a future podcast episode. So okay. we'll get ready for that. But um, Camille Wither says, a ceiling is your high ideals. It's your big picture vision of a goal, a change, a new habit, some positive thing that you want to create in your life, right? For some people, it's like their New Year's resolutions. It's who you want to be as the best version of yourself. It's the change you want to see in your life. So when you think of the ceiling, right, it's like what you're striving for. Uh, But what happens when we only have a ceiling? What happens on the days that you don't feel motivated? What about the times that you don't feel awesome and empowered and great? What about the days that you don't have time? What about the times you feel sick or tired or not as capable? When you only have ceilings in your life, life feels very hard. You lack the support a floor can bring. And so I think part of this conversation is we often, even if you're, I mean, we're go-getters, right? We started a podcast. It's called The Relentless Pursuit because we're constantly chasing this this next level, unlocking this next part of life that's that's somehow sweeter um, and, and makes things better. But oftentimes, we're so busy kind of chasing that lofty goal that's out there, we're not thinking about what's under our feet, right? Like we're not going to just magically fly. You don't just magically fly, right? You have to start from some point of like foundation or ground level to kind of rise up. Um, So she goes on to say, a floor is your tiny version of change. It's a habit. It's your short vision of a practice. It's your bare minimum. We're so practiced at creating ceilings, but most of us never think of creating a floor. Floors are the secret to consistency and building in positive change into your life. Floors give you support and a foundation for all the healthy habits and changes you want to implement. When we live a life only with ceilings, it's hard to be consistent. Mm Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really interesting, where it's like we often think of the goals that we want, but we're not really considering where we're at. So a floor, point. in many ways, is almost like the the day to day habits that help you like maintain at least a, a like a, a minimum standard. And if you can improve those habits, then you're raising your floor, which helps you ascend towards the ceiling that much more easily. Right. And it's so it's like the thought of like, I'm, you know, if you're picturing a room and there's a ceiling and there's a floor, well, if you need to reach the ceiling, how are you going to get there? You have to build, right, a staircase or a scaffold or a ladder to climb up. And so those habits are those things that you're consistently doing that, you know, as you're consistently doing the same things and you improve and you're getting better, like 1% at a time, right? The floor is rising and you're getting closer to the ceiling. The and floor it's, is lava. Okay, the floor is lava. All right. I, I too, have a quote. All right. Uh, so I mentioned this book last season because I think I read it last summer or last fall. Uh, this is The Power of One More by Ed Milet. And there's a lot of great thoughts in here. So I'm just going to break out a few during this conversation because I, th- I think that's when we added, I think I read this book and then we added this topic to our, our growing list of podcast discussion points. So anyway, uh, he says, he defines it as goals and standards. So different terms, but we're going to hear like some echoes of what you were just reading too. He says, here's the difference between goals and standards. Goals start out as thoughts. They are desirable outcomes that take root in your mind. Your brain either confirms these goals or they pass as fleeting thoughts. When you decide you want to achieve your goals, you create standards as a means of taking those thoughts and applying actions to them. Think of standards as the performance benchmarks you're willing to tolerate. 
Standards are the actions that propel you towards your goals. And goals effectively become byproducts of how you approach your standards. So there's a relationship between the floor and the ceiling, like you were describing too. Um, And I think that, you know, the more we talk about this, I think the meaning of like a, a ceiling is pretty consistent in the way we're describing it. Like it is the the degree of success that you can experience in any given domain in your life. But as we talk about floors, I find that there's there's more than one way to think about it. And that's already coming out in our conversation too. There's like the the relationship between the floor and the ceiling, but also like the ways that we just understand how the floor operates for life is like that that minimum that we're willing to tolerate or the minimum that we're willing to understand. Well, I think in our life, when we think of the floor, right, I'm, I'm we're in our house right now, I'm looking at the floor. This floor does not move, right? Damn floor. Right? It's just baseline. Like it's, it's okay, it's like one step off the ground, right? Because you come up the stoop and into the house, or right? But like it, it never moves and it, and it never comes up. And I think a lot of us, the mentality in our life is that the floor doesn't move because the floor in our house doesn't move. So like, same thing, like this is, we're, we're just, we're just here. We're never going to fly because the floor is always here. But I think when I'm thinking about this in terms of our life and in terms of pursuing something of value, you know, that the floor does continue to rise. And it's not because the floor rises and then you reach the ceiling and then and then you hit the ceiling and th- then it knocks and you then back you're down. Squished. Oh. When I'm thinking about this, it's like as you get better, right? As you continue to level up and that that could be a myriad of things depending on who you are and, and what you're trying to level up that as the floor rises the ceiling rises too it's right, so a one question because as i was approaching this conversation i was thinking more about how can i raise my ceilings because i feel like a, a ceiling is almost like a limit to how much we perceive we're capable of succeeding in a given area and i want to break through that because i can feel those limits sometimes and this has come up in some conversations that we've had too um but what thing that is becoming more apparent the more that we've looked into this is that's I'm only asking half of the right question. How do I raise the ceiling? But also, I, then I can look at the floor and ask, like, well, what what are the minimums that I'm willing to tolerate? Are those too low? Are there other habits or types of thinking or patterns that I can use to help me ascend? Right. And, you know, and that's the thing is when you think about floors and ceilings, right, it's this box, Right. And so your options are to hit the floor and come back down, right? Or to stay on the floor and never go up. But, you know, obviously there's the old saying, the sky's the limit, right? Because you can continue to raise your floor and you can continue to fly higher than the ceiling. And so why are we limiting ourselves in this box? Yeah, that's the problem. We should just go outside. (laughs) Open the door. (laughs) Walk right out. Yeah. Um, But I think that's an important question, right? We live in these boxes, Right. Again, I'm just, we're sitting in this room. I'm looking at the ceiling. I'm looking at the floor. We are contained to this house. It's safe. It's baseline, right? And this is where we operate. But how do we operate outside the context of the box? Okay. So let's get to some examples. Uh, We just have a little list here. And again, we talk about the, the different domains that these are applicable in. So think about any one of these and what your floors and ceilings might be. The first thing that came up is, just came to my mind, is standard of living. Because even even that phrase, like standard of living, it's, that's very subjective. Like our current standard of living is very different from our parents, but you go, you change generations, you change locations, and just the type or style of living that people are, are expecting or willing to tolerate, it, it will change. Um, so I think about that just in terms of materials, like what, what materials do you expect to have in your life? 
And all of a sudden, you, it'd be, uh, that I wanted to start with this because this is more concrete, right? There's a certain baseline below which becomes uncomfortable. Like there's a piece of you that says, this isn't me. And that might be, and it might be superficial, but at least for this example, it might be like, you know what, I don't live in uh, this um, particular just like style house or the kinds of furniture we have or the kinds of mugs we drink out of or whatever materialistic thing. Like you, you recognize all of a sudden that there's something that you don't go below. You have a, an expectation for what the materials are in your life. And same thing with ceiling. All of a sudden, you're like, all right, actually, I do recognize, too, that there's certain things that we also, like, don't buy, but on the other end, like, we don't purchase certain things that are beyond a certain price point or something that we might consider just whatever, like, wealthy or upper class. So class, also, we wrote down, too. Like, I would I would say with confidence that you and I, our, our floor and ceiling is middle class. Like, we... Frankly, I don't think we we know how to be poor, and I I don't want that to be like misconstrued. But like we were like born and raised middle class, like our entire forty years of existence have been in the same class. Like we we know how to do the things that make one function successfully in the middle class. I mean, I would agree, right? Like we have degree, like you know, there's a certain level of right. between education. Standard, like we education. know how to have a career. We know how to like manage money like enough so that one thing I'm never worried about is like becoming poor. Like even if we dip below that 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 floor of middle class, like we know that like there's a piece of us that says that's not us, and we just kind of live life in a way that well, we, and we work in such a way that would not allow us to 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 be below that. Like we have the the kind of habits and intentionality with spending and finances and working that, that keep us kind of where we are. Right. And that's, and I don't take any credit for that. I think that's just upbringing and just kind of like habits that have been very deeply rooted, but the same works for upper class as well. Like I also have no clue how to be upper class. And maybe like this is where we talk about raising our ceiling a little bit because I wouldn't mind being upper class, but at the same time, upper middle class. Well, whatever. But right there's there's new things to learn that are not currently part of how we perceive ourselves or the kinds of habits that would typically uh, get get one into the upper class. But do you think that those limits that you place on yourself, like this is kind of where we fall, right? If you're talking about like integers and math now. I'm a English major, and oh, yeah. I Just know nothing about math. But we're, there was like nine seasons for the word integer to make it onto the hey, show. There you go. I'm excited. Um, but it was talking about like I, when you look up floors and ceilings, it was, it was kind of talking about that in a function of mathematics. So if like the number is two point three six, right? The ceiling is three. So it's like what what's the next number that you can round up to is three, and like the floor is two, right? You're you're somewhere between two and three, so you can round up to three, right? Or you can round down to two. So like, what's the closest integer? And it's like, all right, if we're at 2.36 right now, right, the ceiling is three. So like, are are we, are you telling yourself that you can't be more than a three? Yeah. Right? So it's like, oh, well, we're, we're middle class. That's all we'll ever be. I don't know. Like, are we limiting ourselves? Are we not taking enough uh, action or autonomy over like what is meant for us because we think we belong in this box with this floor and the ceiling. Right. So there's other areas as well. That's probably the most concrete example, but we have a few others as well. Um, the next one that came to my mind was morality 
because and the, like when we talk about morality, it's kind of laced with this image in it. Like we talk like if you do something really bad, you're like, oh, now you've sunk to a new low. Uh, and that reminds me of like how we think about floors right now. Um, and but there's also kind of a box there, too, where there's there's certain things morally that we we just won't do. Right. It's just not us. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to hurt someone. I'm not going to like say this kind of thing because that seems immoral or like character wise. That's that's beneath us. And again, like you can see the the, the high and low. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not capable of of sinking that low. Well, you're you're well you you're capable, but it also, I mean, just like you're you're capable of of materially having less, uh, but it's also there's a piece of you that says this isn't me. But that could work in reverse too, right? We talk about um, you know being the bigger person when it comes to morality, which is also can be challenging to do too. And I think that there's room, even if we're not necessarily committing, like, you know, we're not breaking laws or any huge like faux pas, there's still an opportunity to continue to refine our character and refine our morals and assess those. Um, So just some of the things on the list is uh, just our, our personal relationships, particularly our marriage. Like you and I, I think have, we obviously have a lot of thoughts about marriage in general, but also like the way we operate. And so when we're off, Right, you can if you can feel it, Ugh, it's practically it's tangible. Worst. Yeah, and then we're like, all right, this isn't us, and we take steps to fix that. And now we're exploring. I think we do a good job in maybe of all the things on this list, like trying to ascend uh, and raise the ceiling of what marriage really can be as well. Um, health, right? If we think about our our weight, maybe this is true for me, and at least people I've talked to. So anecdotally, like we kind of have a belief about. Uh, just what your what your body type is, where your body shape is, and so most of the time we tend to operate within that understanding. And so, um, and, and the thing here is that when we start to like break out of that, when we start to like change our ceiling, there can be a, be a degree of self sabotage as well to say like, well, wait a minute, I'm succeeding in this particular area, whatever area it is, except that if we if we start to succeed, we're unfamiliar with that. And that breaks the mold of the story of how we understand ourselves. And then there can be some self-sabotage to like continue br- br- to like bring reach. us back yeah. to where we're more comfortable. Um, I also wrote down adventure and risk-taking. I wrote down sports. I wrote down business and career. Right, So almost any endeavor that you have, like there's a belief about who you are within that context. And we tend to operate within that. But let's become more aware of those floors and ceilings and see how we can raise both. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's a lot to think about. Um, you know, I think we all have this idea of where we think we belong. And then when we start to kind of raise beyond that, it, it's this discomfort, right? Where it's, it's not familiar, it's new, and you're not really sure how you feel about being there. Um, but I think what we have to remember is that if you're already in the room, it's because you you already belong there, right? If you're if you've already been invited to a room with a higher floor and a higher ceiling, right? It's because you already belong there. Yeah. And so that has to do with right, what is baseline for you? What what are the habits that you continue to follow, that you continue to create, that that you're leveling up and it's okay to level up. Instead of being afraid to level up, it's okay to level up. It does not mean that it's going to be more comfortable. It actually probably will make you more uncomfortable and it will be more challenging. But what what's the option? 
is the option to stay complacent, to be stagnant. Like what's, what's a, what's worse? What's more hard? What's Mm -hmm. harder, more hard. Sorry. (laughs) Um, right. Is it, is it harder to continue to be challenged or is it harder to just be totally bored? Well, yeah, well, that's a good question because in the short term, being comfortable feels good, but in the long term, then you you really regret that and becomes more painful. So to quote from Ed Milet again, because uh, he does talk about this too, and this is where like some of this was hitting home with me. He talks about he also talks about goals and self worth. If you don't believe you're worthy of a particular outcome, you're self sabotaging, and you'll never produce a result greater than what you think you are worthy of. Think of it as pulling on both sides of a rope in a tug of war. Even if you win, you lose. So you have to build two things into your life as you create your goals. One, ways to increase faith in yourself. And two, ways to increase your identity when you look in the mirror. So he goes on to talk about that, but I, I thought that that he, he put it pretty well in that setting where the way you think about yourself can change. It can improve. It can increase. But you have to be aware of it, and we'll have some practical things that we've done or would like to do that fit this at the end. Uh, but that's just kind of in this step. Think about what what are those limitations that we have on ourselves, either the floors that are are too low that we're tolerating, or the ceilings that are too low that we need to figure out how to break through that those self beliefs that are you know imposing a, a superficial ceiling in our lives. So, should we talk about low floors? Sure. Well, because like the question I have is this, like, is it better to have low floors or high ceilings? Wait, why is it better to have low floors? No, the question is, is it better to have low floors or high ceilings? Wait, why, why would it be beneficial at all to have a low floor? Um, okay, so that, that, that's the question. Because I, I mean, right away, it'd be like, wouldn't it be better to have a high ceiling? Okay, I, I have something. Okay. That someone has said about right. this. And this is where, like, I think ceilings is more straightforward, but floors you can look at from a number of different perspectives. So there's that that quote, um, you know, it's like an ancient Greek quote, I think it says that we do not rise to the level of our expectations, we fall to the level of our training, right? Um, and so Stephen Guy said, we should not prioritize these pie-in-the-sky achievements and milestones, but rather simple, dull training. We should strive to train consistently above all else. If we do this, we'll effectively raise the floor for that area of our life. Then, just as the quote states, at worst, we fall to the level of our training. Right? So we like. So it's both. Like you, you really need like having good, consistent training is good too. But towards what? Right? It's this this big picture, this dream that you have floating in the sky. Well, and a low floor is inviting. Like everyone can get on board with a low floor, right? And so even if you're listening to this podcast, right, and you're at ground zero with something, you don't have these, like, you're just, you've been kind of complacent, everything has just kind of been the same, and you're ready to level up. Like, sometimes we think like, okay, we set the goal of I want to, let, let's just like run a marathon, okay? I'm going to run a 5k, or I'm going to run a half marathon, or a marathon, right? This is this big goal. And that's really great to set that out. But then what do you do after that? If you just say, I'm going to do that, what are the chances that you're going to achieve that goal? So what do you do to, to work towards it? You need to become a person that has this this minimum of Every day for the first week, right? Like if you if you look at those like um, marathon trading things, it's yeah. like what's the you entry follow level? The calendar. You follow yeah. the calendar, and it starts very easy. It starts very low. Uh, think about it when we teach um, young kids games of strategy, 
right? Think about like, we now have a 12 year old, but we have a four year old. And so like the 12 year old, right? When he was five or six, right? Like, what do we start playing with him? Tic-tac-toe. Uno. Right? Like just these, these entry level things to kind of build their understanding and concepts of strategy and how to play. And then they get to the point where like they know how to win tic-tac-toe, right? If once you, once you get it, like, and you play someone who gets it, like it's always going to kind of end in a draw, right? Because everybody knows the strategy. So then what do you start playing with your kid? You start playing checkers with your kid. So now the floor has just gone up, right? Their level of understanding, their level of strategy has increased. And so they've gotten just like 1% better, right? So then you start playing checkers with them. Same thing. Once you understand the strategy behind checkers and you get it and you play someone else who understands, there's only a certain level that you can get to there before you get bored, right? Or comfortable. Right. So like, yeah, you want to play checkers? Sure. Okay. Okay. Except it ends like in a draw every time or just the two of you chasing each other around with a couple kings. It's like, okay, like you've hit the ceiling there. So what's, what's the next, what's the next level for that kid? Right. All right. Let's start playing some chess. Right. And the kid can play chess and then that, you know, transitions to something else. And so we have to think about that in our lives. Like sometimes it's okay to start on a low floor. And then slowly climb. And then that raises everything for us. Yeah. I mean, if you set your your expectation for like what your floor is at, you know, something that is untraditional for you, that, that could be a stumbling block as well. Um, I have a couple ways of looking at floors too. So first is the probably the, the biggest way where we talk about it. Like when we talk about raising our floor, right, we're talking about improving our, our habits enough to maintain the next level in our life. And you and I, I think unwittingly talked about this on our first episode on season nine, because we referenced that how we didn't really have like new year's resolutions. It's because our, our floor for a lot of our resolutions has already like been raised. And so we didn't have to set goals specific to like reading or working out or eating or some of the traditional areas where we have. Because they're now a part of our routine. That had come a baseline. And now it's like, well, if I'm not reading or I'm not doing those things, then something about me feels off. And I have this subconscious drive to rectify that. So uh, it's kind of like this this year by year challenge to identify what has become normal for us and then you know, up it in whatever direction that seems to make sense. For some of us, that might even be like making our bed. I do consider that like a, a like a basic kind of thing. You get out, you get up in the morning. I know you're going to mess up your bed at night when you get back into it, but you make it. And that is like one simple kind of baseline activity that you can do to begin your day. And we've talked about this book before, Atomic Habits by James Clear. You know, it's about building good habits and breaking bad ones. And it's this notion and mentality of getting 1% better from simple things like getting up every day and making your bed to um, whether it's like working out or, you know, what you do. It's like you build into your life these habits that train you to be better and that this 1% over time helps you transform into, you know, an individual who is performing at high levels. So really, it's all about the fact that like raising the floor prevents regression, like this core part of enjoying life and staying healthy mentally and physically is about not going backwards. Yeah. And there are days that like you're tired and you'll hit snooze on the alarm and not go to the gym or, you know, like whatever that is. But that's not who you are. But that's not who you are. The higher your floor, which is defined by your training and habits, the safer you are against the challenges of life. So even when you are stressed or you are tired, you still fall back to those habits, right? Getting up every morning at 525 to go to the gym, like, right? Because when I don't, like, I think it's better to sleep that next hour. But by the time I get 
home from the gym, like I'm awake, I'm alert, I'm like ready to go. On the days that I don't, I don't feel as productive. My mind is not like ready to go. So it's like you Maybe. just sleeping in can feel pretty darn good too. It in sure some way. can. But again, like something but building feels in those habits where it's like the vision. That this you is have who I am. Yourself. This is what I want. This is what I'm willing to do. So every little decision either takes you to the life you want or it kind of brings you to this stagnation. So yeah. it's kind of like, where do you want to go? Stagnation, complacency, fear. Yeah. But setting high ceilings doesn't just like make you achieve your goals. Setting low floors helps you overcome motivation and willpower because we're not always motivated. So what's the easy on-ramp, right? What are we willing to do like make our bed or journal or whatever? Like what are those small things that help us raise the floor? And when we fall back to our training, we're not falling back to where we were, but there's a baseline that is a good foundation for who we are. So one of the thought, just to tack on a little bit more of an aside but I saw someone had written about how they want to lower their floor. and But it was only in like one particular regard. And that was in like giving themselves this degree of freedom to not become, I, I thought about this maybe most in the materialistic sense, but to not become so petty that they're not okay with, with lower circumstances. Um, and so I would compare this to like the idea of contentment. Like even if you're you're grateful for what you have instead of feeling like, this this uh, this discomfort, this like feeling like things are off. Um, so like more of those positive feelings of being okay with what you have. You're grateful. You're content. Even if your circumstances aren't great, happiness is pretty easily accessible to us. But I would contrast that there's like that dichotomy between being complacent and being content. And so making sure that you're not complacent because you're still looking for ways to raise your standard of living in these different areas that we're talking about. But you're not so petty that you can't be content with less. That makes me think of my job a little bit, uh, just because we were just recently uh, at a wedding that I was a guest for, but the, our com- my company was working for. And, you know, it's at like a bucket list venue, right? We're talking like, you know, when people say like, this is where it is, like, it's a it's a big deal. But I get paid the same whether I go to a fancy venue in the city, or I do a wedding in the suburbs. And so um, Amanda and I were kind of just talking about the experience of kind of like, right, leveling up to this, like, this kind of new echelon of of experiences and places and and venues and vendors that you're working with and it's you know like you know the the ceiling has just been raised but at the same time there's there's nothing wrong with anything that is less than that right like you don't i can become so full of yourself you're like oh like we don't work at these places anymore correct mm-hmm. and so that was kind of the conversation we have based on our interaction with some of the people that we interacted with was like i can do the same great job for this client as i can for that client and i'm not going to let how much they spend determine the level of service like everyone is going to get the Rosanna service, no matter where it is. And so like to say like, oh, I don't, I don't do that anymore. You know, it, it kind of recalibrated like who I am and what about my business is important to me. Like what's important to me? Is it right where I'm working or when I'm working or how I'm working? Or is it the fact that I, I get to, to work the way in which I want? And that's inclusive of more people than just a certain category or a certain echelon of, of income. So mm-hmm. I, th- I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so that, that's another like layer to think about this as well. And that's why I like having these conversations because then we can bring all that together. And hopefully as listeners, you come away with a better understanding, just like we are as we talk through it. Um, one more thought about ceilings as well. And that is like when we have a high ceiling, then we know how far we can go, right? It's not that we're at the ceiling already, but it's that we can we uh, we can almost like see it and then we know that we are capable of ascending towards that um and if we don't see it then we feel like it's or if we have a low ceiling and that then we feel like that's a limitation so the idea of like raising it but being able to uh, like understand that there's that real possibility there um so one more last quote i promise from ed Milet. he talks about this too he talks about dreaming um, and he says we should give ourselves permission to dream. Dreaming requires a bit of self-analysis. You have deeply ingrained mental patterns and habits you're not aware of simply because you've carried around that deadweight baggage for so long. And some of the things we tell ourselves are, I can't, I won't, that's not me, I'm not good enough, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm too young. And you get the idea. He says this is a list of mental boulders that are blocking our path. And all they do is make us sad, stressed, depressed, and filled with anxiety. But once we identify these negatives, we can reduce or illuminate them, eliminate them through a better quality of intentional thinking. Replace negatives with dreams and visions that are exact, specific, and repetitive. So I experienced this a little bit when, you know, like every few episodes, we talk about how, you know, one of the ceilings that I'm exploring is real estate. And I recognized in the winter I was in a negotiation with someone about uh, something that I was hoping to purchase, and I'm still talking to this guy. Um, and so they've moved forward, but I did recognize at a point where I was just flat out like avoiding it, where the the idea of there were some next steps that I needed to do, but the idea of doing them, even though I, I knew what to do or what to look into or what to learn or what to talk about or who to talk to, like I knew those steps, but the idea of doing them became stressful for me. And I recognized that this was like a self-sabotaging because there's a piece of me that says, no, Jordan, like you don't, you don't do this. But once I recognized that, then it became, you know, I could almost like name it Voldemort and then I, then I could move towards it. And, but it took like that mental overcoming where we talk about like the, like jujitsu. And I also feel like I've never been like, who am I? I'm, you know, English teacher, piano player guy. I'm not tough guy. And so when I'm head to head with someone, even if maybe I'm more experienced or bigger or whatever, like there's a piece of me that says I'm not tough guy. And this is why I told you the other day, like I tear up when our our kids like have a victory uh, because it shows me that, hey, like catapanos are capable of victory. And it like raises that ceiling for me because like there is, I could feel like this psychological ceiling that says like, no, I, I'm, I might be number two or number three, but I'm not and not the the tough guy that I would otherwise like to be. Well, and it's it's funny that you say that because we were at a tournament for the kids yesterday and I'm watching these two kids go head to head and they were probably what, like 12, 13 years old. And one like looked like a fighter. Like if I saw, if you know, I'm looking at the two kids, one looked like he played chess and one looked like a fighter. And you know who won? The one that looked like he was, you know, on the chess team at school, like this very unassuming, just very vanilla looking kid. And like the tough kid, like and like I was looking at the points, it was like 15 points to zero. Like it was like it wasn't even just like 
Right. It wasn't even close. And, and so, so it's just interesting because I've seen you put that limitation on yourself. You know, you've got, you know, your your coach telling you it's time to test to the next belt. And you're like, nope, I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready. Well, why would your coach tell you to test for the next belt if you weren't ready? Because you believe that about yourself, that you're not this guy or that you haven't achieved right. this next level. And so when we talk about floors and ceilings, when we talk about falling on our face, I think it goes back to that point in the conversation where who's around you? Do you have people that are, right, helping you kind of ascend that staircase? Do you have people coaching you up? Do you have people talking you up? Do you have people freaking kicking you over the edge when you're not ready to go? Yes. Let's, all right. So let's get to our final portion of today's episode, which you're you're veering into. And um, I think I do need to explore. So I want to bring those up. Those are two practical things for me that I'm sure our audience is tired of hearing about. But um, so the question is, how do, how do we change the story that we tell ourselves? How do we raise our floors? How do we raise our ceilings? And so, yeah, one of the first things on the list is I, I wrote down mentors slash teachers, but yeah, I mean, or friends. They goes those go hand in hand. So who are the people that you have around you? Right. And you know, what and what are they saying to you? Right? Do you have people who like bring out the magic in you, or do you have people that bring out the madness in you? Right? Like you need support, but you also need to be challenged, right? And you need to be put in situations that, you know, it's 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 time to test if if it's ready to raise the floor or not. Yeah. But I think about mentors too. Like typically a mentor might be someone who who is operating with a higher ceiling or someone who's already been or already done the things that we're aspiring towards. And so what's nice about that is they can, they can coach you, but I think even just being around such people normalizes it it, like normalizes that standard for you. And the same goes for friends as well. You can have friends that they don't even have to do it overtly, but they, they live in such a way that their their floors and ceilings are evident. And then like as you're spending time around them, that becomes normal for you too. Well, again, thinking back to this weekend's wedding, one of the things that the officiant had said about like marriage advice is that like if you are a married couple, then you need to spend time with married people, right? People who think marriage is important, people who value their marriage, people who are intentional about their marriage. Like you're not going to be a great couple unless you see what a great couple is, Mm -hmm. right? And so having those people in your life that are mentors that are just, whether they're a step ahead of you, right? Like they don't have to have mastered it, but like are going through that same same kind of understanding, right? I think that's important. And a mentor particularly, like they can explain it in such a way that it makes sense to you. Um. So those are, you can't just change your friend group where I would love, like, that's, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a mentor or a few, but that's hard too, to be like, hey, like, can you take time out of like your pursuit to help me with mine? I don't know. I you just call someone up and say that. I think you do. Um, because I think if you can recognize in someone that they have that level of, I don't know, understanding, power, wisdom. My guess is that's the kind of person who is interested and willing to build into somebody, you know? Hopefully. All right, future mentor. I got to identify who that is and give him an invite. All right, anyway. Other things you can do on your own, maybe. Um, Ed Milet mentions meditation and mindfulness. A lot of people do. And that's actually right around the time that I started doing it was last summer or last fall. And my intention for doing it is to help me have more control over my thought life. 
because not that it's out of control, but I just haven't really tried to control it before. I haven't really tried to bring a greater sense of awareness to what I'm thinking or how I'm thinking. And so like the app, it gives you options. Like, do you want to track your stress and anxiety? I'm like, no, because that's not what I'm experiencing. I mean, you're just literally trying to uh, exert more intentionality into the way that I think. So um, I also have like a journal, like my other gratitude journal I've been doing. Uh, I also think bravery and saying yes to things that we might not ordinarily say yes to are required. I think saying yes to things even when you're scared and just and and going in scared is like I swear that's like 90% of it because there's always a reason to tell yourself no. There's always a reason to talk yourself out of it. And a lot of the times that I've said yes that I didn't want to, it's because you've encouraged me. Cuz it's it's a safe it's it's safe, right? That it's it might be scary but ultimately it's safe. And it often it often starts out with like one of us saying, you know, I was thinking about, and then the other one, like we can tell like if that's a good fit for the other person or not. And so then we can encourage, and usually that's what it looks like is like, yeah, like you should totally do that. I know, but even just things that you don't think you're ready for, it's like, well, what, again, what's the worst that can happen? Let me try it. Let me figure it out. It might not be my best effort, but I'm, I'm moving closer to that next level. Sometimes it's really good to stay in that comfort zone. But when we say yes, like we're stepping just outside of it and we're testing the waters and it's not going to be right our best effort. It's not going to be like this glory thing, but it's moving us closer to that ceiling. Yeah. I think of scuba diving for the first time um, in Mexico a year and a half ago for me was just an example. Like I was thinking about it. I mentioned it. You're like, yeah, you should do that. You're like, I'll be back here at the resort, but you can go. And it was like, it was, that was like a, I mean, it was, it was safe, but it was also like scary, new scary. And now I'm like, okay, like now that's like a, a new baseline for now. I've, I've scuba divin, <laughs> scuba dive, <laughs> scuba diver, scuba uh, at like 40 feet. Right. So for some people they're like, oh, that's nothing. But for me, that was a big deal. Now I can much more easily do that again and then take like whatever the, the next step is should the opportunity arise. Um, another thing we can do to change our story, you, you actually just brought this up, but the idea of support and discussion, and I think especially with a spouse or best friend or like someone that you really perceive as- um, Your person. Your, your person. And like discussion is important, and you and I discuss everything. So it's like, let me bring this up and then we come away from the conversation with a better understanding than what we individually had going into it. But sometimes it takes long stretches of discussion, right? And, there was, and pondering. Right, where it's like, all right, I know that I've talked to you about this like six times now, but I'm I'm still not, I, I can't, right? I'm still stuck in it. I'm not over it. Like I need to continue talking about this. And so sometimes it takes a while. Like sometimes we think everything is so quick. Like we make a decision or we set a new goal or we create some new habits, but it it's like this long-term, it's this, you know, idea of the long game. Um, there's this like story of like the magic penny where someone's offered you, I'll give you a million dollars today, or I'll give you a penny that doubles its value for 31 days. Which one would you choose? Yeah, that's not magic. That's just math. Well, but they call it, you know, it's the story <laughs> of the magic penny, right? Yeah. And so at first glance, you're like, oh, I'll take a million dollars today instead of, you know, doubling a penny every day for 31 days. But it's like this this little bit every day. But if that compounds and that doubles, after 31 days, do you know how much the penny is worth? No. 10737418 And right? So someone would say, yeah, just hand me the million. I'll take the million and I'm out, 
right? That's easy. Like that's that's ordering your Amazon Prime and it's delivered, right? Like everything is so instant here that are we willing to just very easily, you know, put in the time, put in the time, put in the time. And yeah, I, and we tend to see like the highlight reels and um, we don't always see like the, the work that it takes or the, the failures that go along with it. Um, actually, I think the same thing about just the podcast itself too. Like, I feel like we really enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, like we're, we, I think there's a belief that, you know, this is something that is valuable and could be to a lot of people for different reasons, but we're not in a hurry to get there either. It's a good thing. <laughs> I don't have time to be, but it's like hurry. slow and it's yeah. slow and steady wins the race, right? Like you, you think of people and you think of their backstory about like where they like, you know, that they're so-and-so now, but plenty of years of of trial and error of doing different things of leveling up of being in the right place in the right time like it's strategic and it's thoughtful but it's consistent time and time again all right a quick couple other things uh, i think these goes without these go without saying but uh, setting goals having visions uh, and along with it having purpose as well uh, like Rachel Cruz was talking to us about like, what is your why? Or Chad Littlefield last year was talking about like, what is your why? And always recognizing like, okay, I want to like raise my ceilings. I want to pursue this dream or that, but why? And how can you work back to what are your core values that are actually driving you? Giving yourself permission to dream. We were just doing this in the car, or I was just doing this with the kids in the car. They were just fantasizing about things we can do in the house that would make it fun. And of course, they came up with uh, the newest ideas. They want a slide that goes from their closet out the back wall and drops onto the trampoline. There you go. Right. So it's just a dream. And they obviously know that that's definitely not going to be a reality. But just let your mind wander and play until it lands on the right thing. And finally, ask a lot of questions. Questions are actually more powerful than answers. Just sit down. I mean, just think about that. We don't think about that, right? What questions are you asking? And maybe maybe the biggest takeaway for me sometimes is, why aren't I asking any questions? That itself is a question. That's a good one. I think I think that's a fair question. Uh, so, you know, I've always said, like, smart people are the ones who have the best questions, not the best answers. Because questions are like the, the fuel, that's the driving force that leads you to the answers. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. So none of these are easy, though. Like, I still feel in a lot of domains in my life that there are these ceilings that are there. And even though I appreciate some of the floors that we have, I can also recognize that there's opportunities to kind of even like level those level up in those areas, too. And so this is all a work in progress. And like not one of these things that we just listed is like an immediate solution. And so it's really like kind of playing this long game and continuing continually maintaining this degree of self-awareness and a willingness to like put in the effort to slowly but surely transform ourselves into who we know we can be. Well, and I like that you bring up self-awareness. Um, I think that's a practice in the last five years that like I've tried to focus more on. And it, and that's just, it's odd because it requires for me to take time away from everything and like to sit and so to sit in front of like a list of two or three questions. Well, you, you like to think about everyone but yourself. Right. So it's harder for me to like sit and think about like, what what is my purpose? What are my values? What do I stand for? Like what's what's getting in the way? You know, just like, 
But have you ever like had those questions in front of you and like just be like, oh, okay, here we go. Like I can't, I have to like literally think about it. And so like removing myself from like my normal floors and ceilings and from my normal environment and behaviors and just like retreating just to like have that time and that awareness, right? To like meditate on it and to think about it. And so, you know, if you're at a place where you're like, I don't even know, go grab a pen and paper and go find a spot somewhere, right? Where you can kind of withdraw and think about those things. Cause I think that really makes a difference. Yeah. So like we said, this is only half a conversation and uh, we've shared a lot of thoughts and perspectives as we try to use one another to get to a clearer understanding of the floors and ceilings in our life. Um, but where does the conversation go from here? That's up to you. We hope that you listen uh, and then go find someone who is significant to you. Or maybe you have that person listen as well. And then you can come together and share your thoughts with one another. And it would be really special if you share your thoughts with us as well. So send us a message, sign up for our newsletter. And also, if you don't mind, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Yeah. Thank you for joining us this week. And we'll see you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope you'll use this conversation as a starting point for your own. We hope you're encouraged to think and act more intentionally. If you want to learn more, you can visit our website, therelentlesspursuitpodcast.com, where you can find notes on today's show, plus additional blog posts, and you can subscribe to our free members list. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Facebook and Instagram are two great places to connect with us for daily doses of our quotable quotes, behind the scenes, and real-time photos, videos, and challenges. Until next time, let us know how you are taking life off autopilot. And relentlessly pursuing what matters.